you know, as a person who posts these kind of contents, you're kind of subjecting yourself to a lot of judgment. You're subjecting yourself to a lot of criticism. And, but I'm willing to accept it. You know, if someone's going to criticize me and if they have a valid point, I, I want to hear it. I want to learn from it. And that's how you're going to grow as a clinician. Hello, and welcome back for another episode of the Newbie Dentist Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Omid Azemi. I hope that everyone had an amazing holiday period and is excited for a fantastic 2021. I'm certainly looking forward to it and I'm really excited to accomplish a lot of big things and I've set forth a lot of big goals for myself and I hope you guys have done the same. In this week's episode, I sat down with Dr. Amir T, who is a popular dentist on Instagram. Unfortunately, he recently had his at the Real Tooth Doctor Instagram account hacked. So he's had to launch the Real Tooth Doctor 2.0, which I will link to in the show notes. Dr. Amir is from Canada and similar to me, very similar journey, came down to Sydney, Australia and did his dental school there. He worked as an associate dentist in Sydney for two years where he you know, really developed a passion for oral surgery aspect of dentistry. He's recently moved back to Toronto and is you know, just getting ready and getting set up there. And I'm really excited to see his journey and the things that he's going to accomplish. In this interview, we talk about the role of social media in dentistry, what it has meant to him in his career in terms of finding mentorship from around the world, why he likes oral surgery so much. And we certainly connected over that as well as I'm a big oral surgery fan myself. And we talk about his big move back across to Canada and his, you know, five-year goals and plans that are on the horizon for him. Dr. Mir is an excellent guy with a lot of ambition, and I certainly got a lot of positive energy from talking to him in this interview and is someone that I think has a lot of key attributes and positive attributes that we can all learn from. So I certainly hope you enjoy this interview. Be sure to check out The Real Tooth Doctor 2.0 on Instagram. Again, the link is in the show notes. As always, if you are new to the Newbie Dentist podcast, be sure to check out the previous episodes. I've had the privilege of interviewing a lot of amazing dentists from around the world and many of them who you may know through Instagram as well. If you're returning and have been previously listening to the Newbie Dentist podcast, I really want to thank you for your ongoing support. If you have a minute, please head over to iTunes and give the show a five-star rating and leave a review as well. Without further delay, enjoy my interview with Dr. Amir T. Welcome to the Newbie Dentist Podcast, giving a voice to young clinicians worldwide. The Newbie Dentist Podcast aims to be the dental industry leader in in-depth, informative and motivational interviews with some of the world's leading clinicians, academics and experts with your host, Dr. Omid Azami. All right, so I'm excited to be joined by Dr. Amir at The Real Tooth Doctor on Instagram. Amir and I have a similar story in, in many ways. You know, we you know, both Persian and, you know, from Canada coming to Australia to do dentistry. And, you know, I'm excited to finally connect with you. I, it unfortunately came at a bad time. I figured out you were leaving and going back to Canada. So I was like, oh, man, I should really reach out to you before you head back and, and hopefully get to know you a little bit better and hear about your journey and everything. So I'm really excited to have you on today. Thanks for coming on. I'm very excited to be here. Thanks for having me. 
So Amir, as, as you know, probably I like to start these things with the origin story. So if you can just tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, sort of, you know, you know where you grew up and why you kind of decided to get into dentistry in the first place. Well, I was born and raised in Tehran and Iran. And then when I was very young, I immigrated to Canada, did most of my schooling in Canada in Vancouver, BC. And then I did a uh, Bachelor of Life Sciences, which is pretty much like pre, pre-medicine, like everyone else who, who gets in this path. And then I was trying to look and apply to schools. And I saw the competition in Canada is just crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. It's absolutely crazy. Limited seats, like multi- multiplies of can- you know candidates to apply. And my few of my close friends came to Australia the year before. Um, a couple of them did medicine and a couple of them started dentistry. And when I found out that, you know, Australia was uh, accredited back in Canada, I said, you know what, why not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> escape, escape the Vancouver rain and, yeah. you know, get, it's a different lifestyle. So uh, th- that's that's where I started. When, when did you come down here? When did you start your dental school? Um, I think I started in January of uh, 2015. That's, it was, yeah, almost six years ago. So uh, I came down and I graduated from dentistry in December of 2018. So, yeah. That's awesome. So you're actually... I, you know, I thought you have a bit more experience on me, but so I, because I, I started in thirteen and I finished in sixteen, so I've been working for I guess a couple of years, uh, a couple of years, yeah, longer. But yeah, you seem to be uh, doing quite well with the surgery stuff. So. I'm very, I'm, I'm as new as it gets. <laughs> yeah, fresh. <laughs> so tell me, like, what was your dental school experience like? What was it like coming down to Australia from Canada? Was that an interesting sort of like culture change, or did you enjoy it? You know what, it was because I was always a person that was, you know, I had a small comfort zone and I liked things everything to be constant and I, I was afraid of change I was afraid of trying new things and back back in that time I was you know in a serious relationship with someone in Canada and we pretty much almost lived together and it was hard for me to even consider moving away but you know my parents really pushed for it and you know they wanted me to experience it and you know finally get out of my comfort zone yeah um <laughs> And I guess the only way I did it was because I had a few close friends that had already started this journey here. So I, I kind of had a little bit of help to get started. But I can tell you the first few months, it was very nerve wracking, you know, living in a new country and a new culture, starting a professional school. And, you know, first few months of dentistry, I was lost. I was <laughs> completely lost. I had no idea what's going on. It was one thing after the other. And I feel like we were kind of thrown into the deep end. There wasn't really much of an introduction or, you know, slowly working your way into things. It was just, well, here's your schedule. Tomorrow you're doing this. The next day you're doing this. Oh, did you buy this? Did you buy that? And I'm just going in circles. (laughs) I'm like, like, please stop for one minute. (laughs) What was the first thing you said, you know? Yeah. (laughs) So it, it was quite an Experience, and I think in the first six months, I remember calling my parents, and I'm like, I can't do this. You know, mm-hmm. I'm you know freaking out. I remember I had a neck anatomy was you know congested into the first semester, and it was very dry, strict memorizing, so much detail, and I, I was just going through this, and I'm like, how am I going to memorize all this? <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> <You know? a> <laughs> and I think Sydney's uh, 
it's pretty intense and the didactic stuff like quite early on, right? Because the DMD degrees, so there's a lot of like med topics and things you guys probably do in your first couple of years. So it's a lot to, to take in. Uh, mine was a mess too, because I, I don't know what happened, but when I was applying, so, you know, similar story, like, you know, I did my undergrad in Canada and I applied to come down and my visa, like something happened with it. It just took way longer than it should have. Like I applied like maybe four months before I was meant to come. And I don't know if it's like the Iranian passport or like what it is. Like, <laughs> literally, I, we had a Facebook group and of all the people who kind of got in through the application process. And I, I messaged people in the group and I said, oh, is anyone still waiting? Or like anyone get this like massive like <laughs> 15, the only one? 15 page additional, like where you live since you were like, and I was like, what are you talking about? Like it literally like went online and it came quickly. So, so I was stressed because I missed like the start of dental school. So I was kind of like, three oh, wow. weeks late so to the point where it's kind of the school's like well we kind of gotta if you don't get here like fairly soon we gotta you know just defer it for a year or just cancel the, the offer oh, and things like that so it was, it was quite stressful so when i came in i was just jumping in and trying to catch up and uh yeah definitely an interesting kind of period of like selling into a new country and kind of getting into school and, and doing all that what's it been like since graduating then so you've two years out now um wh what was work like finding work how did you fall sort of more into the surgical camp of things? Well, the first six months of work was very interesting. Um, things was a lot different than, you know, we, we trained in the public hospital system. So everything was done a certain way. You know, you had certain standards and requirements of way had, you know, things had to be run. And then you go to private practice and all of a sudden now you've got a whole different issue of things like time, mm -hmm. you know, costs, you know, trying to explain a treatment plan stages and the costs involved because in the public hospital setting, you know, everything's covered by Medicare. You know, you've got all the time in the world. I used to, you know, we used to have three hours to do one MOD filling. <laughs> now coming to private practice, you know, they're giving you like 20 minutes or half an hour. It's yeah. a whole different, you know, whole different ball game. <laughs> I, for the first six months, I switched a lot of jobs. Mm -hmm. You know, everyone told me do not, you know, as a new grad, do not work in Sydney because you're not going to find good work. And even if you do, it's just going to be checkup and cleans and, you know, very basic stuff. And you'll get a lot more experience, you know, going to rural. Yeah. And at that time, going to rural wasn't much of an option for me. I was, you know, I was living with someone that, you know, I, I we didn't want to do, you know, the long distance thing again. So, you know, I pushed myself to, you know, stay in Sydney and, I went through a whole different range of uh, jobs. It started as one which was mainly for child dental benefit scheme. Yeah. And you were just doing checkup cleans and fissure sealants for, <laughs> you know, <laughs> children. So um, I did that for a few weeks and then I said, well, <laughs> Good wait <for> you. a <laughs> second. <laughs> I would have lasted two weeks. Even. <laughs> well, I mean, the money was very good. Okay. Yeah. So the pay was very good. But is this, is after... this a practice or is this like an event? Well, it was both. <laughs> Yeah. So they started me from the practice, but then after the third day, they're like, surprise, you're going to be going in a van. And oh, I said, man. what? I said, dentistry in a van. How does that work? So they showed it to me. They're like, listen, try it out for a few weeks. Um, you know, we, we don't have a doctor now. Just try it out for a few weeks. And if you absolutely hate it, uh, then don't do it. So after 48 hours, I absolutely hated it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, when am I going to do the other work? You know, when am I going to do this and that? And so then I, I started working at a few practices as a part-time associate. And 
one practice, the principal was on maternity. So I was just thrown into the deep end. It was an older population group in that area. Um, hygiene wasn't the greatest. So, you know, it ended up being a lot of pulpotomies and extractions and root canals and stuff like that. So I started doing a lot of extractions and I said, well, you know, this is one field that I like. And keep in mind, when I was in dental school, every morning on that Sydney train going to, to the hospital, I was watching Bloody Tooth Guys videos yeah. on Snapchat. Back then, he wasn't very yeah. on Instagram. It was all on Snapchat. Uh, and I was just watching it. And I was so fascinated by it because we hadn't done any surgicals or any wisdom teeth in dental school. I didn't do a single surgical procedure till after I was graduated. Yeah. Um, and I was just watching all these videos on the train every morning. And I remember all the dirty looks I got from, you know, the passengers <laughs> staring at my phone. Hopefully I had headphones on at least. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I was looking at, I was very fascinated and I'm like, this is what I want to do. You know, I, I want to do these procedures, you know, this, this stuff fascinates me. So I started I didn't start with wisdom teeth. I mean, that was a whole different animal, but um, I started with um, doing a lot of extractions and I remember the principal at the other practice I worked at also did not do surgicals. So, you know, I said, I want to learn surgical. And I remember I watched a lot of videos online. I I read a lot of books uh, and my, I remember, you know, friends and colleagues were telling me, dude, you're graduated. Why are you still reading these textbooks? I'm like, well, <laughs> I want to try new things. Yeah. And these are things that were not taught to me. So, um, you know, every night, uh, right before bed, I would start, you know, doing a chapter of my oral surgery textbook. And I would watch, I, I had a couple of websites that, that were based for, you know, maxillofacial surgeons in the States. And it was more of specialty procedures, but I still joined, I still watched it, even mm-hmm. though it was out of my league. Uh, I just got fascinated by it and I watched, I watched, I watched. And then I started practicing when I felt comfortable. I started doing it, got the hang of it. And, you know, I got to the point where I was starting to get referrals from other clinicians in the practices I worked at. That's great. So it kind of increased my workload in that field. Um, and yeah, that's, that's where it all started really. That's good. I, my problem was in dental school, I, I found it pretty early. Like I knew I kind of enjoyed the surgical stuff and I, it was, probably like, you know, of the four-year degree, like second year, we started doing some extractions. And like my first one, I was like, man, this is like, I just want to do this for the rest of dental school to the point where like it was to a detriment of other procedures. I would just be persuasive of, oh, we can try and save this, but really like just come out. So, so when I graduated, I was like, that's all I wanted to do. And, and, you know, to the point where I was getting a, you know, hitting a bit of a ceiling with surgery progression and things so that's why this year i took that you know, kind of what left prior practice went to the hospital so i'm doing like a oral surgery sort of residency i'll still be a general dentist after it so it's not like a specialty degree or anything like that but at least just this full year has been full immersion surgery getting the good foundations and things from some of the max Vax consultants and stuff that we have so that's definitely great i think that's it's a good area of dentistry to be in which i like and it's uh, what i like about it is, is that it's finite like you you get the two thought the job's done essentially. It's not like a root canal. It's like okay, let's wait and see how things kind of respond, or you may have some like post op sensitivity, and then oh, we might need to do this after. It's kind of like a start, start to finish, and you get it done. 
when did uh, social like obviously you mentioned on the train in, in dental school when you were going you would sit down and watch the tooth guy which you know i think that's a story that resonates with like, a lot of people he's had a big impact on all of us and i saw you did your ig live with him as well and um i had the, like luckily the opportunity to chat with him as well when did you decide to get on instagram for yourself and start posting content and what's it sort of meant to you in the past couple of years with all the opportunities and the networking and stuff that it's opened up for you so i remember the the december after i graduated i decided to open up you know my own dentistry social media page because i i used to post a lot of dental stuff on my personal page yeah. and i did not get great feedback on it <laughs> <Yeah>. um <laughs> a lot of family <laughs> threatened to follow me <laughs> to block me they're like you know we're sick and tired of seeing these stuff so I decided to do it. And at first, you know, I, I was a new grad, not much content. I was, you know, posting pics of, you know, things from dental school, myself and this and that. But I'm like, this is not very exciting. This is not something that's going to, you know, get any attention. But when I started doing more extractions, I started posting pics of the extractions. Um, and keep in mind, I have, I think, somewhere around 12,000 pictures of <laughs> extracted teeth on my phone so it's you know there's there's more teeth on my phone than there is pictures of friends and family yeah um but you know i started doing that and i started getting replies and people were you know kind of fascinated and and people also criticized which was good because you know mm -hmm. i i learned from it um from there i started posting pics and i remember tagging a few people here and there and back then um, even when I had started my Instagram account, I actually had connected through one of my other accounts with the uh, bloody tooth guy in advance. Um, so I asked him, I'm like, Hey, do you mind? I just started my own, you know, Instagram for dentistry. Do you mind, you know, following it back? And he said, absolutely. Let's do it. <laughs> so, you know, from there I started uh, posting more pics, more pics, more pics, and, you know, started connecting with more people and, you know, next thing you know, is I started getting more followers, you know, people started sharing some of my content. Um, but I don't think it was until beginning of this year where I actually started getting more of an audience on my account and more of an interaction before, you know, it wasn't about like likes or views or shares. It was more about how many people are actually interacting with me, not mm -hmm. just the content on the page, but how many people are reaching out and actually trying to, you know, communicate with me. And I think quarantine this year was when I really got active on it. Um, you know, I started connecting with a lot of clinicians, um, you know, a lot of MaxFax guys in the United States. Um, even in Europe, I started connecting with a lot of people in Australia. And I think from there on, I, I decided to make my social media more of a, you know, part of my daily life. And I started incorporating it into, into my regular dentistry. You know, I started sharing more pics, more videos. I started actually sharing pictures and videos of procedures as they're done rather than, yeah. you know, just a pic of, well, here's the a bloody slam tooth. Or yeah. yeah. So that's, that's really where, you know, it started, but it's been great. It's absolutely been great. I've, I've made a lot of, you know, friends on there from different parts of the world, people that you would have never met or known in, you know, if you, if you didn't have Instagram, 
Uh, I've been getting a lot of mentorship from a lot of these guys. I, I discuss cases with them. Um, you know, we, we all were, most of us are chatting back and forth every day. We're in contact. Uh, sometimes even when I have a different, you know, difficult case and, you know, I, I've got cold feet about it. I'm, you know, debating, okay, well, do I do this? Do I refer it? Let me see what other, other people think. And I, I just send it to, you know, five guys and they get back to me right away. A lot of them, they motivate you, push you to do it. Yeah. You know, I, I remember, um, I, I think it was one of my first full bony impacted wisdom teeth that I was, you know, the patient could not afford to go see an oral surgeon and the public hospital system, you know how it is, you know, you wait three years to get an yeah. appointment. So the patient was pushing for me to do it. And here I am, you know, a new graduate that's been out for like, you know, 12 months, probably done less than 500 extractions, probably have done less than 50 wisdom teeth. Uh, and I was nervous about it. So I remember I, I, I talked to Jason um, and I sent him a picture. I'm like, you know, Jason, what, what do you think? Should, should I be attempting this? Should I be, <laughs> yeah. you know, avoiding it? He's like, go for it. You know, he, he just pushed and he's like, go for it. You know, trough yeah. the bone here, trough the bone there, section it here. You're done. You're good to go. This is, you know, up your alley. And I remember I did it. And after it went, I took a picture and sent it to these guys. It was just like, you know, you're trying to get a pat at the back from all your teachers. You know, that's how yeah, it was. You that's know, awesome. like approval from your mentors. So yeah, uh, lot, lots of relationships have been formed and you know, uh, it's, it's been great. Honestly, it's been great. No, I love that. I think, you know, it's one of those things, especially with social media that, you know, you might be, you know, some people like post and stuff for the likes and the comments and, but really it's, it's, it is like that social aspect of it, the connection that you get from people. And it's, it's one of those things where you, you get out of it, what you put in. And if you're quite active and you're engaging and you're putting out content, people kind of see that and they appreciate that and they reach out to you more. So it kind of snowballs quite quickly that way. And you can build like a really good support mentor, like support group for yourself. What's, you know, you know, not everyone has, I guess, the confidence or, you know, it could be shy about it. Um, obviously, you know, it's like from your personality and the content that you post, you seem to be quite like extroverted with that kind of stuff and, you know, not being shy to put yourself on camera and, and talk and share your thoughts. How do you handle, you know, like criticism if it comes or like setbacks within like a procedure that you do? Like you talk to these guys and say, go for it. And then, you know, you stuff it up or it takes longer than you would have hoped or uh, just some sort of like complication that you weren't ex expecting. How do, how do you deal with that side of it? Um, it's interesting because I'm actually very shy in person. <laughs> all right. Um, I've always been shy. And for the first year and a half, I would say when I had this account, I did not really show myself or I, I never put myself on the camera. But it wasn't until maybe like six months ago where there was a lot of dental students who reached out. And even my friends, they were saying, you know what? why don't you put a face to your page? Why don't you put yourself a little bit more, you know, on the spotlight and present yourself, present the work you're doing, you know, because it's going to connect more with your audience than just pictures of bloody teeth or extracted teeth. And at first I was on the fence for sure. And it just didn't fit with my personality. I was like shy. I'm like, I'm not going to put myself on camera. No way in hell. Yeah. But you know, I started slowly doing it. Um, and then I started getting some positive feedback. A lot of people reached out and they said, you know, it's, it's a good change. And I, I guess they, they kind of like to have a personality behind the work. So 
when I saw I got some positive feedback, I started doing it a little bit more and it, in, it increased the engagement on my page quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of made it a, 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 you know, a thing where now it's happening on a daily basis. Criticism, look, personally, I have not been attacked on social media. I mean, yes, there, there has been, for example, I used to post, you know, a picture of a bottle of wine and I, I woke up to, you know, five messages from people, you know, a colorful message about how, how bad of an influence I am and um, <laughs> why would I ever post a picture of a bottle of wine? And I said, but this is me, you know, like I, yeah. this is what I enjoy. And if, if someone likes to follow me as a whole, well, these are part, parts of my, you know, hobbies too. Um, there was like, for example, I, I don't know if you saw the, uh, a few weeks ago, uh, someone commented on one of my, you know, these upper retained roots I had taken out. Um, someone commented, well, this in- extraction only takes three seconds. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I had posted about it because I'm like, well, I can't do it in three seconds. You know, yeah. I'm, I've been two years out, you know, but I, I made it a little bit more humorous. I, yeah. I didn't take it as an offense. I laughed it off and I shared it with the followers and I said, well, these took me a good 10 minutes. So, you know, <laughs> does that mean I can't do it? Uh, and a lot of people, I got a lot of good feedback from it. A lot of, you know, the oral surgeons reached out after they saw it and they said, are we considering LA time too? <laughs> because, you know, three seconds, I mean, it takes longer to put topical anesthetic on yeah. there. So where <laughs> yeah, is three this seconds coming is pretty from? Good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I mean, sometimes I'm very hesitant on sharing cases. For example, um, Dr. Dean Lysenblatt and I do a lot of implant dentistry together. He's mentoring me for implant dentistry. Um, and honestly, he's comparing his work with a lot of other clinicians I've seen. He's, he's up there. He's very, he's very particular in the way he does things and he tries to do the best all the time. And I love that. And I said, you know what, I, I want to learn from you because this is what, you know, the quality of work I want to put out later on. And I remember we, we had some, you know, full arch cases and stuff, but I was very hesitant in posting pics or sharing videos of the procedure yeah. because I knew what the backlash could be. Not because the treatment plan wasn't right, but it's just that you always have those online trolls that are sitting there because I remember you know, um, Dr. Israel Puderman um, or Dr. Jason Auerbach, they, they had posted pics or videos of full arch cases extracting teeth and a bunch of trolls just, you know, messaging and Why commenting, oh, these are all healthy teeth. Why did you do this? Why did you do that? You know, bypassing the whole consent procedure that a clinician and the patient have together, mm-hmm. assessment of all the different aspects of whether to save these teeth. I mean, could one tooth have been saved? Yes, but are you going to put like six implants, break the prosthesis, give the patient two separate prostheses to save one tooth? Financially doesn't make sense. Procedurally, it doesn't make sense. So, you know, as a person who posts these kind of contents, you're kind of subjecting yourself to a lot of judgment. You're subjecting yourself to a lot of criticism. And, but I'm willing to accept it, you know? If someone's going to criticize me and if they have a valid point, I, I want to hear it. I want to learn from it. And that's how you're going to grow as a clinician. And even a few days ago, one of the periodontists, I, I, I put a video of a suturing 
one of the period periodontists message means you know saying oh i'm you know fascinated by your quality of work good job this is amazing like this and that and i said look i really appreciate all the positive comments but you're a periodontist so grill me away tell yeah. me what i've done wrong tell me what the consequences awesome. of my action is yeah so yeah you're you're gonna get both sides of the wheel so yeah and how do you because I, I find you know with the stuff that i do with the podcast and things uh it's at work it's a weird thing to talk about or like to tell like your nurses and um i've i've personally had trouble like joining those two aspects of like it's almost like a double life like you do this stuff on your own time <laughs> to work and you're just you know like a, a dorky dentist and just doing your work and and whatnot have you like you've obviously integrated that a little bit better with the workflow and stuff that you're doing with the you know posting videos of procedures and things so you're getting patients on board as well which is which is cool how did you kind of marry the two together look um at work i've always kind of treated staff like family i've i've built relationships with everyone and i don't know if you see it on my stories but i joke around with my staff all the time um i remember someone telling me that you guys should not be left unattended without supervision because <laughs> you know we, we have fun I, I like to keep the working environment fun and when I started doing this, every single one of them followed me and mm-hmm. uh, with an exception of one. Um, <laughs> and, and they kind of incorporated that into who I am. And to be honest, a lot of them supported it and wanted to be a part of it. Um, you know, one of my DAs all, all the time, she's arguing with me, why aren't you tagging me in your stuff? <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I try to do it as much as I can. And um, with patients at first, it was... A little bit of a concern because well what can you show you know i used to post a lot of x-rays all right mm-hmm. and a lot of patients started following me and watching my stories and i said well what if some of the patients don't like me sharing an x-ray can someone tell whose x-ray it is absolutely not it's mm-hmm. completely de- identified i don't most of the time i don't even show the whole opg or anything mm-hmm. but you know, I, I, when I see pathology or when I see an interesting case, I try to share it because a lot of people learn from it. Um, I had dental students message me after I had posted a CT scan of a nasopalatine duct cyst. And one of them said, oh, my God, this showed up in our exam today. And I actually hadn't studied it, but I saw your story from three <laughs> days ago. And when you had announced That's it, awesome. I put the answer down. So I, I try to incorporate it just for, you know, educational purposes. But Recently, I started getting consent from patients. I, I give them a written consent form. This is my social media. I'm, am I allowed to show your x-ray? Am I show, allowed to show your teeth? Or am I allowed to show your whole face and the whole procedure? And you know what? A lot of them, they, they support it. I, I've, I've obviously had some patients that say, no, I, I don't want any of it. And that's fine. I don't, I don't even take a picture of the tooth after. Mm-hmm. But most of them have been pretty supportive. Um, but yeah, I mean... It, it is hard to incorporate everything, but at the end, I think if if you show it that it's who you are and part of your your life, then you know they'll they'll accept it. Yeah, that's awesome. What's your career aspirations? Like, what do you hope to be doing, say, in five years' time? <laughs> Retired. No, <laughs> that's what I would say. <laughs> I, I would like to be on a yacht somewhere in yeah. South France, <laughs> soaking some sun with a pina colada in my hand. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I I want to be limited practice. Okay. Um, there's some of my mentors have always said this, and it's resonated a lot with me and what I do. And it's, um, 
do a few procedures that you're good at, but do lots of it and try to be the best at it. I, I've been trying to incorporate that because, I mean, I do all general aspects of dentistry. I do it all. I do the fillings, crowns, endo. And, you know, once in a while, I do enjoy a molar endo. But every time I do one, I, I add a few gray hairs to my head. So, yeah. you know, but with surgery, I always tell my patients, or not my patients, my staff, even if I was to do wisdom teeth the whole day without getting paid, I'd still do it. I love it. I, mm -hmm. you know, it's not work for me. It's a, it's, it's completely uh, like a hobby almost. So I think in the future, I want to be limited practice to oral surgery. I want to be mainly into implant dentistry and surgical extractions and uh, possibly some soft tissue. Like we've seen with some of the OMFS that have recently <laughs> been yeah. doing the soft tissue stuff, but yeah, I think that's my five-year goal. Is it realistic? Probably not, but I aim for it. Yeah. Have you thought about specializing at all? Is that not something that you considered? I did look for the longest time I did. Um, a lot of OMFS had reached out and said, dude, you, you need to be in, you know, oral surgery, like you, you need to do it. But, you know, I, I'm 30 right now. I've, I've been schooling for the last gazillion years. Um, I, I don't want to add any more gray hair. I, I honestly don't want to do any more exams. And you, you hear all the stories about residency and all that. I, look, I'm debating it, mm -hmm. but is it realistic for me at this point? Probably not. I mean, there's going to be a lot of people that say, follow your dreams and follow your passion and who cares, but I'm a little bit tired from dental school still. I still have all those sleepless nights on my shoulder. Yeah. Um, I still haven't recovered, but you know what? Maybe in a few years. Yeah. I, I definitely would consider it. For sure. No, I, I really like that point. And I really, cause I think you know, I have very similar sort of thoughts and mindsets about these things in terms of you know, narrowing your scope and doing what you enjoy doing, but it, it comes with a certain amount of like, you might have to take a couple of steps back almost before you can move forward. Right. So, you know, if you're going to be like, I'm just not going to do fillings or do crowns or endo anymore, it may slow down your books initially. It may, you know, lose income for a while, but really it's just, you got to make that, you know, make that deliberate decision and be like, I'm, I'm going to go for this. And it's just going to take some time to kind of build it up and, and do it properly. And it's, it's easy to like, it's almost like starting a new business, right? Cause you, you're, you're addicted to the paycheck. You're doing well for yourself and to be like, you know what, I'm going to step away from all this like lucrative product, production <laughs> that I have with like an endo crown filling my books. Um, I may need to like even change jobs or change that to facilitate that kind of transaction. Um, that's awesome. Dude. I think um, it's a good plan. I think you're going to do quite well with it. And I like that you've, you know, your social media account kind of lines up with that quite nicely. So you can kind of grow both of them at the same time, uh, which is great. Tell me about your, I guess, upcoming move to Canada and, you know, sort of the, some of the seeds that you may have like planted in terms of work and stuff that you want to get into when you get over there. <laughs> well, <laughs> the move is quite a change, as you know, um, you know, you're going from like 30 degree weather and sunshine every morning <laughs> to, you know, snow to your waist and minus 30 degrees. I've never experienced those temperatures in my life. So I don't even know how I'm going to do it. Um, I've been, you know, I've been in contact with a lot of clinicians in, you know, Toronto. And I had, during the last few weeks, I had a lot of, you know, practice owners and clinicians reach out. Um, I've got a lot of job offers just through Instagram without That's even awesome. meeting you, asking you for a resume. 
you, you know, we would love to have you here. I, I actually had a job offer from Alberta this morning. Nice. I mean, am I considering it? Probably not. <laughs> I don't know if I can do that to myself straight from Sydney, but it's definitely yeah. a possibility. Um, we do a fly in, fly out from Toronto. Fly in, fly out. Yeah. But no, I've, I've been in contact with a lot of clinicians and at this point, it's all preliminary talk, you know, come to Toronto, let's meet, let's see if we could, you know, put put something in stone for you. Um, it's it's mainly been through social media. I haven't applied for any jobs yet. Um, I'm planning on doing it when I'm there. I know with the situation in Ontario right now in COVID, it's yeah. still not settled and, the you know, there's still a bit of storm going around. Um, I think my aim is to start working in the new year um, after, after the Christmas break. But even then I, I know a lot of practices are still in, you know, limited capacity and how many patients they're seeing and all the rules and regulations they have. Um, but I am in talks with a few, few people, um, few people through Instagram. They, they want to meet some of them are actually having a little bit of, uh, possible business opportunities going on and they, they want me to get on it. So, nice. you know, let's, let's see how it goes. Nothing's going to happen over the internet. So I, I got to physically get there. Yeah. But yeah, first I'm going to Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, uh, then I'm, I'm moving to Toronto and let's see how, how long I'll last in the cold. <laughs> yeah, no, it's exciting. I, it's, uh, I, when I graduated down school, I went back for a year. So I was working in Toronto. So having sort of minimal kind of experience working on both sides of it, I think you really, it'll be interesting for you when you go back in terms of the, the mindset of people over there, like it's way more, you know, that North American like hustle versus, you know, the laid back kind of cruisy lifestyle that we kind of have here in, in Sydney and Melbourne for sure. So uh, I think it'll be, it'll be an interesting adjustment for you when you go back in terms of like the work-life balance and how people kind of think and what like day-to-day life would be like. No, absolutely. I, I think even working environments a little bit different because, you know, in Canada, most dentists don't do any cleans or, the, you know, the assistant does a lot of the things for you in restorative dentistry or endo mm-hmm. and all that. So it's going to be a change. Um, but yeah, I, I completely get where you, you know, the laid back lifestyle here. Like for me, sometimes I just, you know, when I, when I have a cancellation or I find a 10 minute break, I'll go outside, just sit in the sun, take a nice mm-hmm. fresh, you know, uh, breath. And I'm just wondering how that's going to work <laughs> when it's uh, need minus yeah. 20 degrees. And <laughs> it's not, it's not like that all the time though, Toronto, you'll, you'll have, you'll have your moments, but it's generally pretty, pretty acceptable to be outside for most of the year. So I mean, that'd be right. okay. that's comforting. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully five years doing some surgery and things. Are you, are you looking into like practice ownership and stuff or is that, You'd rather do absolutely. some business outside of that. No, absolutely. I, I do want to, you know, open up my own shop. And I think one reason I didn't push to stay in Australia longer um, was because I know being here on visa, you're you're very limited on things you can do. I can't buy my own home. Mm-hmm. Or if you do, you have to sell it as soon as your visa is done and can't open up my own practice and things like that. So uh, I, I definitely am looking to do that. And some there has been few people who reached out on Instagram suggesting you know some sort of partnership and stuff, but I think I want to first loan the like learn the ropes in Canada. Yeah, I know things are going to be a little bit different. If I was to open my own practice here in Sydney right now, absolutely I can run it and manage it. But going back to Canada, you know, rules are a little bit different, insurances are a little bit different, way we do things is a bit different. So I think I need to learn that first before I, I consider it. 
Yeah. I would probably say I'd, lead, I'd need at least a year of working as an associate. And then, you know, definitely a possibility on the table. Yeah, there's definitely enough differences between the two that you'll, you'll probably benefit from that. Uh, the whole insurance thing is a little bit different. How you get paid is a lot different. Um, what I love about here is like the whole high cap system. You, like, you get paid right away from the insurance. In Canada, you'll, you'll notice when you go back, you know, there'll be a bit of a lag because they'll put the claims through and then the insurance has to like physically mail checks to the practice. So like you'll produce X amount for the month, but that money won't be there for like another six weeks after that. So it kind of it takes oh, some time. Oh, great. <laughs> So a bit of an adjustment. Um, no, it's awesome, dude. I'm excited for, I think you'll, you'll bring some like new energy to Toronto as well. It's interesting. I, I've, I don't know if it's just Australia, but the current wave of like the younger dentists just like being so entrepreneurial or so active on sort of social media, running courses, running events. I haven't seen as much of that in Toronto. I don't know if it's just people are too busy working or like don't have, um, <laughs> they don't have time. <laughs> yeah. They don't have time to do it or something, but, um, I think, it's I, you can bring a lot of that energy back to Toronto and, and see how things go. Hopefully let's, let's see how things go. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. man. any other, any last minute things you want to talk about before we wrap up? Uh, no, man, but I'm a big fan of your show. I've, I've listened to a lot of your podcasts um, and it's, it's really great what you're doing. Um, you know, bringing a lot of clinic clinicians and, you know, getting them to share aspects of, of their work. And the mentorship series has, has been great. Sometimes I listen to it in the car. I was listening no. to the one with <laughs> Bruce Freeman in the car on my drive to work. So it, it's good. It's amazing. Um, I know you've got that CPD junkie one started too. It, it's yeah. on, honestly, it's great. You know, dentistry can become very repetitive and boring over time. It's, it's great to have these side hustles going on because it, it keeps you moving. It keeps you motivated, brings a lot of, you know, uh, experience and um, wisdom into your work from other experienced clinicians. So big fan, man, big fan. I appreciate it, man. Likewise to you and your content. I think I was telling you and in, in, when we were chatting previously, something like I see your, you know, the lifestyle and everything. I'm like, man, like I'm working too much <laughs> to like get out and like have more fun. And um, I just like, yeah, I, I, I live vicariously through you guys and I appreciate the sort of, the approach to life of just like having fun, getting experiences and, and doing all that. Um, I think I've maybe like on the spectrum of gone too far into like just trying to like work business and entrepreneurship and, you know, building assets and like that kind of stuff. But um, I definitely appreciate your sort of lease on life as well. And I think I need to learn a few things from you guys. Look, if something COVID taught us this year is live, live every day. Don't put things for the next year because you never know. <laughs> That's it, man. That's a great way to live. I appreciate you, man. Thank you. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of the Newbie Dentist Podcast please be sure to subscribe and head over to iTunes and give the show a five-star rating. For all show notes and to access all previous episodes, head over to www.newbedentist.com. Have a great day.